Good morning. This is the Lou Rockwell Show. And what a thrill to have as our guest today, Dr. Ron Paul. What do we say about Ron Paul? I mean, I could, give the, I could spend the whole show talking about him. I'll just mention that he's really the leader of the freedom movement all over the world. I mean, that's it's quite an extraordinary thing. He was, of course, a physician, um, a uh, congressman for many years, a man whose example attracted supporters from all over, I mean, not only all over America, but all over the world, uh, young people especially, uh, who loved what he's doing, and he's still fighting just magnificently. And we're going to talk today about COVID, masks, um, his own experience with his dentist, <laughs> and uh, what, what the, you know, just what, what is going on. So, Ron, I remember I, well when you had a column that you entitled The COVID Hoax. <laughs> and, of course, the, the, the media went absolutely bananas. They were attacking you. And, but, of course, <laughs> I think more and more people are realizing there, are, there is a hoax aspect to it. doesn't mean that people don't really get sick and die. <laughs> but uh, tell us about this. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the thing about the hoax is interesting because, you know, and you'll probably remember this, but when the war was going on uh, with Iraq, you know, and Bush was, you know, doing all his nonsense, mm -hmm. I wrote a little speech that I did on the house floor and it was called what if, you know, and I went through the things, what if what they're doing isn't true? <laughs> and it became very popular little thing. And it was so simplistic. Yes. But I was saying this morning, uh, for some reason, I got, I'm wondering about doing a one if uh, speech. What what if this whole thing on a coronavirus is a hoax? <laughs> and of course, I assumed that pot was very possible and used that word, you know, at the beginning of mm -hmm. this uh, about four or five months ago. And I did, I did get a little grief on this. <laughs> it wasn't so much. I think they misinterpreted or I wasn't clear. It wasn't that the whole everything was a hoax like the virus was a hoax it was all imaginary but the but the reaction by the government and the authorities and the lockdown and the mass that's what i was referring to that was the big hoax it's still going on but uh you know daniel and i that do a, the week of the morning program we're getting a little bit more optimistic that we're finding people who are sort of you know breaking loose from this and and not accepting it but we have a long way to go because uh, they've terrified so many kids. I was on one interview this morning, and I said, you know what I really feel badly about is a whole generation of young kids. Because, you know, in our family, we have a lot of young kids, yes. a lot of grandchildren, and, it's, and they're not immune. You know, you can you can say, oh, that's not, don't worry about that. But but they 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 get exposed, you know, to television and news and newspapers and, and teachers and schools are closing. You can't go out. You can't shop. And kids are suffering, and uh, they started to talk about that. But uh, it's such a shame because, to me, that is so unnecessarily when, when somebody looks into this and finds out that, uh, you know, the exaggeration is just outrageous uh, uh, of what they've done to scare so many people. Not only kids, but a lot of people are t just terrified. And it, it affects everybody. It affects me because I, I don't like to fight, go to the store and fight with them and try to explain things to them, <laughs> but I don't like. I don't like it. I can't go to the store, you know, so sometimes I do go, but that, that's a challenge because people have been so conditioned, you know, to follow uh, Fauci's rules and, and listen to Bill Gates. It's, it gets pretty nauseating. Ron, it's absolutely true. And it's, uh, there are more people seeing through this, I think, but I think this is, or at least I'm going to say, I think it was all intentional. I think the lockdowns, 
the, all the tremendous economic destruction that followed from that, uh, what they've done to children. I think this is. I think this was all intentional on their part. Uh, that they uh, they wanted to do damage in order to control everybody, terrify everybody, to control them, and to bring on a new uh, you know the Great Reset or whatever we're going to call it. But when the when the power elite really takes over and crushes people in Europe and this country and in uh, in Asia and all all over the world, it's quite an ex- it's quite an extraordinary thing they're doing. It's pure evil. I have some people who tell me that masks are an important part of satanic ceremonies. And, uh, you know, of course, there could be a satanic aspect to all this, too. These really are a very nasty bunch of people doing to this, doing this to us. And the idea that they have our best interests at heart is, is of course, laughable. Yeah, yeah I think uh, what they're doing has a practical purpose from, their, from, from them. And I think uh, it's. I think the mask can be uh, related to what they're doing with the knee. To me, the knee is bowing to the state and, mm-hmm. and to the evil of what they're doing, and it's uh, you know an attack on any spirituality. So uh, the mask is doing the same thing. This is why I get rather radical. Uh, I think in a positive way. Of I don't want to concede anything to them, you know, because because you're a little knee. They're just emphasizing, you know, uh, you know, fairness and you know all this stuff. But uh, the mask is so symbolic because you know in in the introduction I think you mentioned the the dentist uh, business. Uh, I've had trouble getting to see my dentist for the reason that they're put. There's a lot of public pressure on a dentist, you know, not to. Uh, not to not follow the rules. And uh, I got to thinking the other day I needed to go in and see somebody and we had a little debate going on and uh, the dentist says, no, I really, really believe in uh, in these masks and I really, really don't believe in the mask uh, uh, unless it's unless it's for specific reasons. Uh, it's not that I don't believe in masks and immunities and all this stuff. I, I use the mask in medicine for a long time, but I hate it because to me it's uh, it's such gross uh, uh, symbolism and and so bad, and I got to thinking, here we are, another doctor, well educated and all, but he ha- has almost a fanatical viewpoint of the math. He wouldn't because the the question was, could I go to his waiting room and uh, take about twenty steps and be in an examining room or a treatment room? Uh, and uh, take my mask off so he could treat me. It was to a dentist, you know, the, the whole thing. And it was the whole thing that, that you had to follow this ritual. So it ended up, I didn't get to see my dentist. <laughs> but well, I think I will. I, I think I found one that's more sympathetic to our viewpoint. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it, do you think he's scared of being turned in? Or is he really bought into the whole business? I guess it's difficult to tell. Well, I think it's public pressure, being afraid to turn in. Maybe he doesn't agree with all that we assume that he agrees with. He's probably not a conspirator, but he he doesn't want to fight city hall type of thing. You know, they'll they'll come and it gets in the newspapers and and you know now the intimidation, which is really sickening, is you know how many. I don't fear somebody you know, walking in to, to an establishment and arresting me, what I, what is so sickening is it's your, it's your, uh, uh your neighbors, the people are in the yes. store with you. Yes. Boy, people, you feel intimidated and, uh, you know, I don't like that. Nobody likes that. So, 
uh, I avoid it. Uh, others say, well, what the heck? I know I agree with you, but I got to put this mask on and go do it. So, and I think they know that. They know that they can intimidate us and uh, people capitulate. And, and that, uh, that to me is, you know, sad. I do think, though, that uh, so much of it's deliberate, then they play on these these fears and then it uh, multiplies and and people and then there's this copycat type stuff too you know well if he's doing it i have to do it but no i think uh who who will bet if, if if they were on the right track and it's way overblown uh and there's no real reasoning or medical reasons for us to be doing this who would benefit well, if it's the authoritarians, the people who love to lord it over, see, it's an excuse to, it's, to me, I've compared it to, uh, you know, 9-11 and starting, you know, TSA. Mm-hmm. And I fought that all along. And they go, well, this is just short time during the emergency pe- period. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and that, uh, that uh, I have to confess, you know, I didn't quit flying, but I sure wanted to. But uh, it's just there's a limit to what you can put up with. Uh, and now this is this is going on. But we're keeping our fingers crossed that the more people wake up because maybe maybe they have overdone it. And uh, it's such a mess because it, there's there are several groups ganging on us, the Black Lives Matter, as well as the coronavirus uh, uh, people who want to uh, intimidate us. You know, maybe it's just too much. I thought for sure that the baseball season would wake them up. I just can't understand why the kids, grade school and high school, can't go out and play baseball. And I can understand why an authoritarian would do this to show who's in charge, but why Why are the people rebelling against that? It just nauseated me the other day. The kids were watching, you know, baseball. I don't even call it baseball, you know, on, on TV uh, w- without uh, any uh, mm. spectators. And a person was up to bat, and I thought, well, I was was standing there because I don't like to sit and watch uh, too much of that stuff. But there was a person up to bat. He had a mask on playing baseball (laughs) because he was afraid he was going to catch the virus. Now, that is... That's intimidation, but here, just look at how the how the big companies roll over. The big companies rolled over for Black yes. Lives Matter. Yes. You know, at first, you know, uh, there was a strategy. I couldn't believe it's been as successful as it has been. So uh, it takes some uh, doing for me to stay optimistic and say that people are going to wake up. We're going to get have sound economic policies because I've told them all to go to the Lou Rockwell uh, and Mises Institute site and find out what real economics are all about. And that is where we are making progress. And uh, maybe this extreme overkill by the coronavirus uh, police uh, might uh, finally wake people up because it seems to be totally insane. I had one person tell me a uh, person was up in the mountains walking by herself. She was up in the mountains walking uh, by herself and she crossed two people <laughs> at the top of a mountain and they had masks on, you know, at, at 5,000 feet. You know, it's just just so crazy. That there's no logic behind it. But it is disappointing to me when you see the uh, physicians getting involved and not questioning it or going along with it. And, and too many of them have done that. But 
but this is this has made me want to speak out more that I want not only separation of church and state, I want the separation of medicine and the state. Well, that's right. And uh, that's been they've been doing that for a long time. And I know you're familiar with AAPS, the American Association of Physicians and Surgeons, who've done a wonderful, uh, wonderful uh, job. Uh, but they they the the, the Doctors just go go along with it. Too many people uh, haven't realized the government shouldn't be involved. And once they started in the 60s, particularly, I tell people when I talk about my medical career that when I got out of medical school in 1960, I said there was no uh, <clears throat> there there was uh, no Medicare or Medicaid. Um, most of it was still private. Mm-hmm. I worked in a church hospital for peanuts, and I didn't complain, and the patients got taken care of. Nobody was out in the streets, and yet the, the government moved in on finances, and the AA, uh, the uh, AMA certainly helped that, you know, pushed out to get, get dependent. And now these people... For a while, there was a little barber shop next to my office, and uh, he was closed for weeks. But it wasn't that he didn't agree with me, but he was afraid, you know, the city would come and close him down. You know, you have this local license. This has been the worst part of it, too, is that it's encouraged so many people at the lower level. You don't need a monolith dictator in Washington, D.C. with guns. You just have to spread an issue and intimidate people and... Uh, fearful of losing their license it reminds me of of what was going on in the soviet system that once they got their power in place you know with the use of military power everybody obeyed i said why do they obey why do they obey well if they don't they don't get their food and they don't have their job you know so it's it's a sort of a blackmail type thing you go along or you're dead but they didn't have to haul you off. Uh, they did that too, but that wasn't the principal way to do it. It was get control and power, and that's the way it's going on in medicine. And that, of course, is why uh, the FDA is worthless, and that's why we have Bill Gates involved and in doing this for all kinds of sinister uh, reasons. And that's why you have drug companies making a lot of money off this kind of thing, and they just uh, avoid talking about science and uh and, but now and then, and I know you report on it too, there are some people who are reporting the right thing and exposing them. So we're hoping that our efforts uh, and uh, your efforts in particular uh, will finally sink in and get people to say, you know, enough is enough uh, and stand up against it. Ron, you know, I always wondered how the Stasi in East Germany got so many people. There was such a, as it turned out, a huge number of informers uh, spying on their on their fellow citizens and turning them into the secret police. But uh, you're exactly right. This is happening here too. I had a a lady who told me that her grandson was playing baseball in uh, California, and um, the cops came and broke it up. And then this, and then the city government came and plowed up the land so that they couldn't really, you know, pl- 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 play on that piece of land. And um, it turned out that it was a woman, a, a citizen, who would turn them in. Not the cops didn't see it on their own. Somebody complained about it, and uh, these were, you know, young boys playing playing baseball, and um, they were stopped. That's why if that doesn't wake people up, I don't know what is. And now I'm going to turn into a pessimist. But, you know, you were talking about kids reporting on parents. This has started uh, probably 30 years ago on the environmental uh, movement because kids in kindergarten, you know, in the government schools 
are teaching that boy if they're not doing this and uh your your parents uh, are our enemies and and they would confront their parents and all but but that's uh and then of course the nazis exaggerated that and everybody had had to report because that became a symbol of patriotism you know if you did that and then they were highly praised and rewarded and sometimes there were cases where the parents actually were killed by the government yes. because the kids turned them in that that's pretty sad that's, Let's hope that our efforts will pay off and we never get that that bad. But uh, uh, right now, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who just go along and don't question it. Uh, but w- w- what is the tipping point? <laughs> you know, and there's there's some there's some every day that are saying enough is enough. But uh, we'll have to see what happens here. And it should uh, something should uh, break pretty soon, one way or the other. Uh, because I don't think the status quo is going to be the continuation of what we have. And I, I think the big effort we have is to convince people to uh, take a stand uh, against uh, what they're doing and try to teach people that uh, you're not un-American or you're not unpatriotic because you're standing up or wanting to take care of yourself. No, no, and I, I heard about a, uh, a lady was in, in the hospital, I think this was in Atlanta, her husband was telling this other person that she was in there, and and uh, the other person said, "Is she taking hydrochloroquine?" And so he said, "Well, I, he said I don't know." So he asked, and he, they were giving her remdesivir, and they said, uh, "We don't allow hydrochloroquine in this hospital." And yeah. and uh, you know, so here's here's something that, uh, according to a lot of studies, it does does good work, especially if it's given early, and uh, we, we, you know that you have politicians. I'll never forget when the governor of Nevada said. Uh, any any uh, pharmacist who fills a prescription for hydrochloroquine, any doctor who gives a prescription, are going to be punished. I mean, where where, where, where you know um, where, where do government officials? I mean, it's just quite it's quite astounding. Yeah, but but, but here's a drug. It's been used for a long time. It's been safe. Yes, I think it be became known safe and effective without the FDA's approval. You know, but anyway. The, the FDA made a ruling on this and made it very, very difficult to use in the rules and regulation. Here it's been around since the 1940s. Yes. And, uh, of course, this, is, this involves, uh, you know, the FDA influence with drug companies and all this because I think they make more, uh, more money on when to disappear than they do on, oh, uh, my gosh. on uh, yeah. hydroxy. No, hydroxychloroquine, I think, is, you know, like a dollar a pill and you take uh, yeah. something like five to seven pills. Uh, whereas, of course, remdesivir is, you know, hundreds or thousands of dollars. And uh, the pharmaceutical companies, of course, very powerful, by and large, very evil. Um, yeah. Not everybody's evil, but the, as institutions, they're evil. Yeah, and sometimes uh, sometimes it's money and sometimes it's just power. And I think, uh, you know, when you have a city councilman or a city mayor and these kind of people governors of states, uh, they, they just uh, uh, love throwing their weight around and saying, look, I can write an executive <laughs> order, and they're going to yeah. do exactly as I tell you. And I think uh, I think we have a pretty good system. If, they, if we had better governors all through, even in the West and the Southwest, that if you like that kind of thing, just go to California, just go to New York, and, and that, that's the way you want to live. But that's not the way it works. The FDA and the government, government payment, what's 
once the government pays all the bills, mm-hmm. then they have the control, you know, and that's what's happening in medicine. They can they can fully regulate it or or uh, in, increase the prices of it and, and protect the free enterprise, protect those capitalists that want to take care of us. What a tragedy. <laughs> Ron, didn't the, I thought the governor of uh, Texas was a pretty good guy, but he turned out to be terrible, didn't he, on these oh, issues? Oh, yeah. Anyway. He's he is he's awful, and uh, I I don't know about you know I don't fully understand the motivation because you know let's say he was leaning conservative uh, and he runs out more conservative than he really is he gets in office but what what happens that makes him switch this and uh, I always want to give him a pass well they're just they're just ignorant you know they don't know any better. And there is a lot of that, mm-hmm. but there's all also the political and economic pressure. You know, uh, maybe you know uh, the governor gets a lot of money from drug companies. You know, uh, you have to look into that and find out. But there's money's involved too often, and and uh, politics is such with uh, you don't you're not able to do much uh, with without it. Uh, but uh, I think I think we'd all be better off if we dealt with the the, the principles we deal with. Because I was hoping to contribute to that, to, to say that that is important and you can do it without the dependency on the drug companies or anybody, any way, any other place. And I was, I was pleasantly surprised there were a lot of people because I was not a, I was never a, a, a real fundraiser where I could call up people and say, you know, I need to do this and this. The one thing that amazed me was when the presidential races, where, where these people come from? You know, <laughs> that, that's probably why, that's probably why I like to think my, myself as, as an optimist, because, uh, you know, I was always pretty reluctant. Even the very first time I ran, I never thought uh, getting into Congress would, would happen. And I was just doing this to talk, you know, the story talk about Bretton Woods and these other things. And lo and behold, today, People people know about Bretton Woods and <laughs> yeah, they right know they about the Federal Reserve. So that's I think it's encouraging. But just think of all the people you've influenced, all the teachers you've influenced with the Mises Institute. I mean that's what that's what does it. People give me some credit, but I'll tell you why. Uh it's people have to have their ideas changed and that's what you've been working on all your life. So I think you have had a big influence. Well, Ron, you've been the inspiration for uh, everything here. And um, just like you inspire everybody, again, all over the country, all over the world, despite all this, the, the terrible things that are happening, uh, there is hope. Uh, there, there, is a, there is a reason to hope and, of course, especially to learn. And one of the great ways you can learn is to watch uh, Ron and Daniel McAdams' uh, daily TV show, um, The Liberty Report, uh, which is just terrific. And um, I'll, I guess on Friday you have Chris Rossini doing it with you. Uh, it's a great show. It exposes all the all the stuff they're doing, and it's just it's just tremendous. So you know, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, we'll keep doing what we're doing. We are reaching people. Uh, you know, to what extent? I, I had a, a young family from uh, Spokane, Washington, uh, drop by the institute yesterday, and uh, they originally were from Poland. And the dad said to me, he said, "All these people are telling me." Marxism is great. Everything is free and so forth. And he said, I actually lived under Marxism. You know, let me, let me, he said, nobody believed me <laughs> that it was as horrible as it, as, but, uh, but, as he uh, said. I, took, I think one of the yeah. nice surprises uh, is that, yeah, we might not have the huge numbers, even in the United States, we have good numbers, but 
the the ideas do spread, and uh, there's Mises people and Austrian economists around the world. And I was always fascinated with the fact that uh, when uh, uh, Mises' book, uh, uh, you know, Human Action, was translated in the Czech, I was invited there to help dedicate the book and met libertarians uh, back there. So ideas do spread, and uh, they're hard to measure. And I do believe in the remnant. It's out there, and we have to awaken them and add to it. And I think we'll all do well. So I've always appreciated your support over the years. Well, Ron, it's, it's, it's been an honor to know you. It's an honor to follow you. And thanks so much for coming on the show today. Very good. Nice talking with you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, thanks so much for listening to the Lou Rockwell Show today. Take a look at all the podcasts. There have been hundreds of them. There's a link on the LRC front page. Thank you.